up, everybody? It is KC with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me, as always, is the Dasher to my Prancer. It's Jake. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I am fantastic, and I love the reference this week. Yeah, like I'm just going to keep it Christmas-themed until, like, two weeks after Christmas when we're taking down the decorations, you know? Hey, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. <laughs> All right, well, hey, let's let's jump into some news. There is quite a bit this week, which is the exact opposite of last week, so uh, I'll hop right in. There is going to be, and, and I'll talk, there, there's like a full lineup of the new DC uh, stuff coming out uh, in March, but one of the more exciting ones, I think, is that there's a new Swamp Thing ongoing from Ram V and art by Mike Perkins, and... We've both read some Swamp Thing and like Justice League Dark, so I'm pretty excited because I think he understands that character, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Like, I'll be honest, that little, I think it was in October, the his Swamp Thing story that he kind of did, I wasn't super hot on, but I still really liked how he was in Justice League Dark, so I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that this is going to be pretty awesome because... Ramby's kind of like after Justice League Dark, he's kind of gets the benefit of the doubt from me. So it's like I will just read it at least for three to five issues and then be like, oh, I didn't like it that much, you know? Yeah, we'll see. And I and I figured we would take the good from Justice League Dark over the you know one shot that we got. Yeah, <laughs> but should be cool. Mike Perkins is a really good artist, so I'm looking forward to that. So this is some pretty major news, and like it got announced, I think, yesterday. But WB announced that their whole 2021 state of mo- yeah, slate of movies will be released on HBO Max the same day as theaters. I think it's like a 30-day period after that before they leave. But what was what's just <laughs> kind of funny to me now is Legendary wasn't informed that this is what they were doing. So now they're giving, you know, get, gonna get into a legal battle with WB because Legendary is producing, uh, is co-producing Dune and Godzilla vs Kong. So Godzilla vs Kong is just never coming out. That's what I've basically gathered from this. They're just gonna, you know, like no, you can't release it. It'll never be released. So that's great. <laughs> Man, that is a bummer. I mean, like, I it, get, I get. There's some stuff with like co-producing, but why do you think they're fighting so hard against it? I think it's just because Warner Brothers decided something without them, so they're just, you know, they're kind of going like, yeah, you can't do that. Like we paid seventy five percent of these movies, you don't get the, you know, you don't get the say in doing this for your H, you know, HBO Max. We're yeah, so like I think that's the big part of it. One thing that's kind of neat that WB is doing, though, with this is, like, for the theaters that are still, like, uh, open, they're going to give them more money. Or, like, the WB is going to let them actually take a lot, like, a lot more of the ticket sales is the way I understood it. Because, like, normally they don't, the theaters don't see hardly any of the ticket sales, and that's why concessions are so much. They're giving them a bigger cut because they're like, look, there needs to be theaters to come back to. So we'll yeah. give you let you have a little bit more money just so that this can keep going, you know. So I thought that was neat. Sure. 
yeah, that is really cool a and surprising, really. But yeah. hopefully, you know, Warner Brothers and Legendary work out. Because, I mean, Legendary is still going to have to get some money from that, right? Even if yeah. even if Warner Brothers puts it on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, so I think, I think that's part of the thing, too, is because, like, there was talks of Netflix wanting to um, buy the streaming rights to Godzilla vs. Kong for, like, $200 million. And Warner Brothers shot that down. So I think Legendary might be like, look, we need, you know, to be able to make our money back, so we get a right. say in, you know, who streams it, maybe. Which, oh, whatever. Sure. Alright. Well, moving on. Um, so... The Hawkeye show for Disney Plus is back in production, and Jeremy Renner posted like some set picks this week. So I know a lot of these shows were kind of up in the air after everything that's happened this year, but it's good to see that that is is back on because that's one of the shows that I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to it too, and we, like with those pictures, like we also got a for sure casting of. Uh, Kate too. We did. Yeah, and what was her name? Did I? I do oh, not gosh. know. I'm and definitely not, you know, uh, looking it up right this yeah. second. Um, and then also there was a, a rumor came out that like there's some people that said it was official. Other people are saying it's a rumor that the swordsman was casted also. Oh, that'd be pretty neat. Like, I couldn't find an official source, so I was like, I don't know if this is legitimate or not. <laughs> and her name is Haley Steinfeld. That's what I thought. Okay, because she was, like, heavily rumored, but then it was kind of, like, shut down that she wasn't doing it, and then this then this happened. So, I guess yep. she is. <laughs> and then just another little, like, TV thing. Ava... I'm not really sure how you say that her last name, Devarney. That sounds Duvernay, good. However you say it. And Jill Blankenship are developing a Naomi series for the CW. And if you can imagine, that sent issues of Naomi number one skyrocketing on eBay over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't see that lasting. Like, even if it, if it gets made and it's a thing... That's not like, Na and Naomi's not Batwoman. You know, like it, no one's gonna be like, oh man, Naomi. I wanna, I have to watch that. I have to set my DVR for Naomi. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So, uh, I don't I like just, if they came out and said this is gonna be a limited series thing. Like I think it'd be fine. Yeah. But I agree. Trying to make it an ongoing is just not gonna work. It's Even the, though the character will probably be written a lot better than the source material, which is Bendis. Yeah. But it's like, and even at the end of the day, even if this character, I, I don't know anything about her, even if this character is the coolest dang character, you can't sell a TV show that's just called Naomi. Like, they're going to have to come yeah. up with a better name than that if they want this to do well. Yeah, I agree. So... This is moderately exciting for me. Like the, I was really excited, and I got less excited. Then now it's like kind of like a medium. But IDW and Toho International have announced a multi-year partnership to have their kaiju goodies. It will include comics, art, 
books, journals, puzzles, and coloring books. And the launch project will be a five-issue Godzilla comic by Eric Burnham, Dan Schoening, or Schoening, and Luis Antonio Delgado. It's set to come out in April and targeted towards middle grade readers. The main reason why I'm not excited about that is because that last part set to come out, uh, not set to come out in April, I don't care about that, but the targeted towards middle grade readers, readers, the art is very much targeted towards that, like the Godzilla, and like it's still better than anything I could draw, but the Godzilla doesn't look very good, and it's just like that kind of looks not, not something I'm super thrilled about, but it could still be fun, like I'm still going to read it, but yeah, I mean... I don't know. I get trying to appeal to the kids, but it's like you can just make a comic without a lot of cuss words in it and have a kid as, you know, one kid as the main character and still have Godzilla stuff going on in it and it could still work for both kids and adults. You don't have to just dumb something down for kids. Yeah, I mean, just like the movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Well, even though the launch project is targeted to that, you know, audience, the the rest of the comics don't have to. So yeah. Hopefully, we'll get another series soon, man. I feel like it's been years, right? I think it has been about two or three years by now. Yeah, I think the last one was that uh, Superman vs. or not Superman, Godzilla versus the gods, like where he, or throughout time where he fought like dinosaurs and then the greek gods and all this other nonsense right hmm. all right well moving on so there is a a while back there was a rumored plastic man movie and there's rumors again that that is now moving forward and that uh, warner brothers wants plastic man to be a woman so what's your hot take on that? Uh, I mean, it's kind of stupid, but whatever. Like, I think Plastic Man should be a dude, but if they want to make it a woman and do it that way and completely change the character, change up its person, you know, change up his personality to make it, you know, fit as a woman and all that stuff, and then you know, completely change it so it's not really the character anymore. I guess go ahead but what's the point of having it be plastic man then yeah and I was talking to one of my friends about this and he brought up isn't it gonna look kind of bad for like you know if, if this woman is just like changing her body type all the time to fit different roles and stuff like that couldn't that get a little dicey I was like well yeah probably yeah. but you know, hopefully, hopefully it's just not really happening at all. If I'm honest, like I think a Plastic Man movie could work if they do like a cool noir type film and just have the humor in it. I think like um, something Plastic Man will only work though really on HBO Max or the CW. Like you're not going to be making yeah. much money on a Plastic Man movie. No, I, I agree. I agree. But I was I was thinking about who I would like to play Plastic Man, and I, I'm curious if you've had any thoughts about that. 
I haven't, but since they're going to go the woman route, I'm going to go with, like, Betty White. Okay, Betty White. Yeah. I can respect it. Mostly because, like, I like that, the plastic man costume, you know, it's, like, got the, it shows a lot of leg, and it's got, like, the, the cut open, like, the stringy part, so you get a lot of, you know, you get mm-hmm. a lot of Betty White boob in there, too. It'd be great. Sure. <laughs> hey, I, I, I respect it. Yeah. Um... I'm, I, you know, that I'm, I'm sure people have thought of this for years, but uh, he's probably too old now. But, but in his prime, obviously Jim Carrey would have been a really good choice. Yeah, but I think would. like right now, um, I think John Mulaney would be pretty good. Yeah, I can see that. So, all right. Uh, did you have? Other things yeah. still? Um, okay. So there's some Metal Gear Solid casting news. Oscar Isaac is going to be the next Solid, or not the next. He's going to be the first and only Solid Snake. So he's just going to be in everything, I think. Yeah. You, Getting a little burnout on Oscar Isaac. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. He's, like, he's a good actor, but he's pretty forgettable for me. So... It doesn't really affect me one way or the other. I'm still convinced he just has, like I've said this before, that he just has, like, the weird sexual tension with everybody. So, like, it'll be weird seeing him as Solid Snake and here's like, is he going to shoot that guy or kiss him? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be shocked if this movie makes it at all, really. Why? You know, like, I, I don't know. A lot of a lot of video game movies like this, like either tank or just don't come out at all. Yeah, this one's been in talks for a while, and the dude that's making it is uh, the Kong Skull Island guy. And I follow him on Twitter, and he's a big old uh, Metal Gear nerd. So I'm hoping it's gonna be good. Like I'm not a Metal Gear Solid fan, really. So I'm not invested. I just like that director. So I'm like I'm hoping for him it's good. Yeah, for sure. I played one and two back on PS One, but it's I you know I haven't really touched anything since then. So yeah. All right. Just a just a little thing about Tom King before we get into all the the fun stuff of at DC. Um. He. He tweeted out on like Monday or Tuesday. Um, in case you get, get ready to, to censor me. Okay. Okay. But he, he was tweeting about, uh, the Batman Catwoman issue and he said, yeah, they fuck in this issue and then like quickly deleted it. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, that was like the dumbest attempt at hyping up your book <laughs> that I've ever seen. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's a he's a big old dumb racist. What do you expect? Yeah. So it's just it's funny to think that that one like he probably convinced some morons that they were going to get to see something in there, right? Yeah. And uh and just trying to drive up, you know, issue sales, but obviously DC's not going to let something like that happen when especially when everyone got all up in a hissy over 
absolutely nothing in Batman Damn number one, right? Yeah, so, that's what I was thinking about. Like, I was like, well, he did let Batman's dong out, so... And even then, not really. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just... Like, my eyes can't roll anymore for Tom King. Like, it, it, they've hit the threshold of rolling over Tom King's stories. <laughs> But anyway, had you seen that at all, or was that was that um, new for you? There was a YouTube. There's a YouTuber I watch. Her name, like, it's called Casually Comics, and she was talking about it. Like, cause she talked about that issue, and she mentioned that part, and then she got demonetized on that episode because she mentioned the how they were in, how they were supposed to be intimate in this issue. And so yeah, that, that's it. But gotcha. And then. My, la- my last bit of news, great, uh, speaking of tweets, Greg Capullo tweeted, and I quote, I see you, I really appreciate that you enjoyed it, but but no more Batman. Gotta do other things, gotta hang up my pencil. Uh, before I hang up my pencil, I promise to give my all to whatever is next. It's disappointing to see him go, but I'm glad to see him going to be doing other things. I'll be interested to see if he's gonna not work with Scott Snyder anymore. Like, I love it, like, I love those two together, but... It'll be cool to see him with, if, you know, especially if he gets with a different, you know, writer. Like in the in the comments section, it was mostly just different writers in Marvel and DC, like trying to get him to draw for them. Yeah, I I saw that tweet, and the 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 top tweet whenever I looked at it anyway was Donny Cates with a a gif of somebody you know like motioning towards themselves. Yeah. So. Then obviously everybody was like, oh my gosh, Greg Capullo on Venom would be awesome. And it actually it probably would be awesome. So yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe we'll get a Donny Cates, Greg Capullo, Venom. But, uh, but, you know, I get where he's coming from. He's been doing it since, you know, the new 52, mm-hmm. 2011. So, and I feel like he's said, this is my last Batman thing about three or four different times now. So... <laughs> you know we'll see yeah no, I, don't, I think i think if scott snyder gave him a good enough story he would say yeah let's do it oh i agree i agree all right oh uh one last little thing before the dc stuff marvel uh will be launching an alien series in march of 2021 that'll be written by philip kennedy johnson who, uh, who works on The Last God. I'm a huge fan of his. And also, the art will be done by Salvador La Roca. I like the Alien movies. I don't like it enough to read the comic, probably. But, I don't know, maybe I'll check it out, because, like I said, Johnson's just a really good writer. Like My main thing with that series, though, is like it needs to be connected for me to actually care about it. Because like, I'm like you, I'm not that big of an Aliens fan. I'm a Marvel Comics fan, so if like you can do aliens mixed with the Hulk, like that'd be pretty sweet. But yeah, just have it, you know, like have the, the chest burster come out of the Hulk, but then since Hulk can heal, Hulk heals back. But there's an alien Hulk going around then, like that'd be awesome. But just having a regular alien series and being like, yeah, it's like the movies, but on paper, I just don't care. Right. Like, they, they should do, you know, like, Deceased or Marvel Zombies. Just do, like, 
Marvel Aliens. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, mashup. So, all right. So, let's, I've got the list here. Here are, and like, this isn't the total lineup. This is just like the new stuff that will be coming out. You know, like, obviously, James Tynan will still be on Batman and stuff like that. So this is just the new stuff. Um, on Batman Superman, the book will be taken over by Gene Lewin Yang. Uh, with art by Ivan Reese. So that's actually going to be pretty awesome, I mm -hmm. think. Um, and you can just give me, like, a hot take on each one if you want. Like, just yeah. if you're excited or not. No, that's exciting. Like, I like both cool. of them a lot, so yeah, I'm hopeful. <laughs> and then, I mean, we knew this was going to happen at some point. There's a new Harley Quinn series, and this is written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Riley Rosmo. I don't... I, I like Riley Rosmo sometimes, but not, like, a whole bunch. So... And I, I probably wouldn't read this series anyways unless it was written by Tynan, so... Yeah, like, I don't know her, like, the writer at all, off the top of my head. Like, I saw her tweet, like, people were retweeting her tweets about it, but it's like, I'm happy for her, but I'm not a big enough Harley fan. And, yeah, you know, like, we'll just, it, yeah. This next one is very exciting. The new Detective Comics creative team is Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora. Yeah, that should be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then it looks like a, a new Wonder Woman creative team. So Tamaki's jumping over to Detective. And then Becky Cloonan, Michael Conrad, and Travis Moore will be the new creative team on Wonder Woman. Mm, that could be good. I assume Becky Cloonan's writing it and... I don't I don't know if Michael Conrad is a writer or artist, so I don't know if that's like a a dual writing or art deal there. But either way, Becky's a good writer, so that should be cool. Yeah. And then um Justice League Dark is actually going to keep going and that will be Ram V and Zermanico. Nice. Um, yeah. And then we've got a new Green Lantern series by Jeffrey Thorne and Tom Rainey. And this will actually continue alongside Grant's uh, Green Lantern as that wraps up. But I wanted to, to cut in a little bit right here because I saw an article where it's just uh, screen caps of a bunch of tweets by Jeffrey Thorne and how much he hates Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, so th this series is going to focus heavily on Jon Stewart, um, which is fine. But uh, some some of uh, some of the more comical tweets I'll share. He says, "How Jordan is and always has been a worthless cardboard cutout. Jon Stewart should be the Green Lantern." And then. Let's see. Every time DC Movies presents a Green Lantern that isn't Jon Stewart, they fail at both diversity and commerce. And last thing I'll share is that the most interesting thing Hal Jordan ever did was become Parallax. 
So make of that what you will. I'm glad he's writing Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's that's really just stupid that they're like Venditti did it right. And that should be the mold that pe- they if they want to have multiple Green Lanterns, that should be the mold that people go with is where it's a book about all of the Green Lanterns. It shouldn't just focus on one like Grant Morrison, as much as I, I love that creator. They're doing it wrong right now. And everyone that's, you know, after Venditti, that's not going to be doing it where it focuses on all 50 of the Earth Green Lanterns that we have right now. DC for some reasons like yeah let's just keep pumping them out even though Earth doesn't need this many Green Lanterns it's like no we just 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 give us a book that has them all with their own roles and you can follow any of them at any time like that's how it needs to be done stupid otherwise yeah yeah that Green Lantern core book that Vin Diddy did was perfect and mm-hmm. from the cover it looks like I think it looks like Nort is is gonna be like a a supporting role and then i didn't recognize who the other character was so um i'm a sucker for nort because of the the justice league international series um but yeah anyway moving on there's a new book called teen titans academy coming out by tim sheridan and rafa sandoval it looks like that maybe Red X is going to be the lead, question mark. So that that right there has me interested to at least check it out. Um, yeah, that, that's yeah. neat. Suicide Squad, number one, by Robbie Thompson and Eduardo Pansica. That should be pretty okay, too, I think. Robbie Thompson has done enough <laughs> that that should warrant something. Yeah, like, Robbie Thompson's a really good writer. My whole thing, though, is, like, it's it's hard to get me excited about Suicide Squad. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I mean, of any that's come out since the new 52, the Tom Taylor one would have done it, and it didn't. Even though I hear it's really good, I just like couldn't care enough to read it. I, I, I heard what happened in that, and that just made me go like, "Geez, Tom Taylor, come up with something smarter than just killing people." <laughs> it's like I get that that works in Injustice and in Deceased, but it's like, dude, get, come, be better, please. And then. James Tynan and Guillaume March will have an unnamed Batman book starting up again. We already knew that. It's just now we know it'll come out in March. Uh, Tom Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo will be on a totally unnamed title. We just know that they're going to have a DC title. Oh boy. I just got through talking about how all he does is kill people. So kind of know how my feelings on that. And then lastly, Joel Jones, I think will write and draw a new wonder girl series. That's going to be the Brazilian wonder girl, right? That's going to get the CW show or is it the young justice wonder girl? I have no idea. Um, 
And Joel Jones, I think, is doing one of the two Wonder Woman Future State books. So maybe the one she's doing okay. is is this character. I don't know. I got you. But I think, you know, overall, pretty pretty great news, right? Yeah. Like, I'm just really nervous about from the rumors that we've heard with DC wanting to mess up continuity and all that nonsense that, like, when this stuff, like, when it comes out and they didn't do it, I'll be fine. But right now, I'm just, like, nervous. For sure. But there, there was also, not rumors, but, like, some other things that came up is, like, okay, what what is Bendis going to be doing since his books are ending? Probably, like, uh, Naomi uh, Season 2, because there's supposed to be more of Naomi. Yeah. Um, although I guess he'll continue working on Legion. Um, but, you know, uh, potentially, uh, something with, uh, with John Ridley and Batman. And then a while back, Scott Snyder said he had, he had an idea for a Nightwing book. So I wonder, I don't think that's going to happen. I think I saw him tweet that he's going to be done with DC, like, mainstream comics for a while gotcha i think i saw that i could be lying and making stuff up and but hey so if like cbr is listening to it that happened and you can post that on your website (laughs) and then we still have all uh all the milestone comics that are coming out and then um a potentially new super sons by tomasi and also a potential robin series so but th- those are just strictly rumors. I thought the Super Sons one was actually happening. It could be. It just wasn't on this official list, so maybe they're just not ready to announce it yet. Oh, okay, I gotcha. All right. But anyway, that is all the news. So let's go ahead and take our ad break, and then we'll be back and talk some comics. Welcome back. We'll get into the comic reviews portion of the episode. Casey, which ones did you read this week? So I read X-Factor number five, Justice League Endless Winter number one, Thor number 10, The King in Black number one, Far Sector number nine, Batman 104, and Daredevil 25. What about you, man? I read A King in Black... Hellboy and the BPRD uh, one-shot, Sonic the Hedgehog 35, Batman 104, Thor number 10, and Justice League Endless Winter. Nice. So we have at least four to talk about together. That's exciting. Right? That's that's better than last <laughs> week. I, I forgot since I read it at the shop, I didn't bring a copy of King in Black uh, with me and I read it on Wednesday so that that one's a little foggy for me you'll have to do most of the talking there and I can just agree or disagree <laughs> I gotcha so I'll go first I'm trying to get my stuff organized really quick because I like to put the ones that we talk about together at mm-hmm. the bottom okay 
So first I'll talk about X Factor number five. And this is by um, Leah Williams and David Baldion. And this is, like it has a little bit of stuff that has to do with X Ten of Swords. Actually, I kind of picked up on it from the stuff that I read. So I was like, oh, wow, I almost know what's going on. Still really don't. And then it also kind of picked up with the last issue of X-Factor that was actually, you know, main story X-Factor left off. And so, yeah. And then there's also a lot of just nonsense of, like, partying and stuff. But then there's a murder at the end. And that's how it, you know, ends with, like, one of the characters being dead. And then they're going to try to figure out what happened. So... That's pretty cool. Like, it's neat. Like, I, I like this book. Not much to it besides that. So, yeah, I'm glad that it's finally back to being what it should be, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to give it, like, a 7 out of 10. Like, it didn't knock my socks off, but at least they're at least they're back to doing what needs to be done instead of X-10 of swords. Absolutely. All right. Um... I will do Hellboy and the BPRD real quick. This was a one-shot that had um, two short stories in it. One was called Her Fatal Hour, and the other one was called Descending. I really, really like this book. Um, Hellboy is asleep in his room at the BPRD headquarters and has taped a Do Not Disturb sign up on the door. And, like, two of the workers are arguing about whether or not they should go in and disturb him because he's making, like, odd noises, like he's having a really bad nightmare. And it turns out that uh, this gal has a, like, wooden puppet of him and draws a rune on it and sticks it on the puppet. And it replaces the puppet and Hellboy. So Hellboy is now with her. And she's like, hey... So 10 years ago, I fell in love with this guy and he wanted to marry me, but my mother said no. And uh, for good reason, because he turned into this evil creature that then wanted to kill me. And he said he would be back in 10 years to claim his bride. And tonight at midnight is the 10th year. So I need you to kill him for me. And... Yeah, so he shows up, and Hellboy kills him, and it was, like, a really, really awesome short story. Like, it, it was one of my favorite Hellboy things that I've read, just because I liked the, uh, like, the lore behind everything. Clearly, I gave the short version, but there was, like, really good storytelling in just this one short story. Like, Mignola is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then the second, yeah, yeah. The second story was much shorter than the first one. It was called The Sending. And Hellboy goes to this lady's um, house, which I guess she stayed with her uncle. And a creature came in the night and destroyed her uncle's large library. And she said that the creature was looking for something. And the butler shows up and says, well, your uncle had a secret hidden second library. So he takes them all there. And the creature shows up again. And uh, the butler um, knows what kind of creature it is and how to destroy it. So 
he tells Hellboy what to do to take care of it, and Hellboy does. And uh, the old guy is like, tell so-and-so at the BPRD that I've still got it. And, uh, and Hellboy's like, I'll do that. And they sit down and have tea, and that's the end. It was still really good. You know, it was just like a super short story. But um, I absolutely yeah. loved her fatal hour, so I give this an easy 9 out of 10. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Okay, so my next one is Far Sector number nine by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. And I've, and you know, I haven't talked about it on the podcast in a while because I've been like slow to catch up to it, but I finally got it all caught up. And the, you know, there had been a lot of world building prior to this issue, so like there's a lot going on on this planet, but she's still trying to figure out, you know, about the murder and everything else. And She's doing investigative work. And yeah, this is a good issue. Like, it's pretty solid. Like, her ring is running out of power and it slowly charges over time. It, she doesn't have a power battery, it charges on its own. So, like, that's not ideal for the situation she's in, but she's doing some undercover work right now and it's good. There's a big, you know, big reveal at the end. I like this series. It, this one was like a little bit of a weaker issue than some of the others that I've read that you didn't hear me talk about. But all in all, this series is pretty solid. It's fun. It's kind of like a detective Green Lantern type thing. And yeah, so I would give this like an eight. Like it's it's good. It's not like it's nothing that I'd be like, oh, this issue is the one that changes everything. It's like the series as a whole is just great. And this is necessary reading. Right on. I really need to give that a shot someday and and just bust through the first trade yeah like i didn't even know they had trades out i figured it would just be collected all in one since it's gonna be 12 issues i think there's a trade but maybe i'm insane i don't know they they all start to look you you know alike at a certain point (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i got you man okay so yeah everything else is just stuff we read together except for daredevil Uh, i've got sonic real quick Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'll do the old devil. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, number 35. Um, This was written by Evan Stanley with art by Adam Bryce Thomas. This was a continuation of all the, you know, the snow stuff and Sonic finding the, the new puppet girl inside of Eggman's base and all that jazz. And it was pretty cool. I won't dwell on it too long, but Sonic Tales... Sonic and Tails take uh, the puppet girl Belle with them to whatever the snow place is called, white something or other, uh, to help Rouge and Amy and Cream and Cheese um, liberate the chows that are being kept there by the evil race guy. And Shadow's still there, and uh, the evil race guy, whose name I am totally blanking on, obviously... He uh, he sends a big mech after uh, the heroes, so they fight the big mech. And then a couple issues back, I, I had mentioned that there was this mysterious guy that Shadow fought, and we didn't find out who their identity was. Um, but anyway, we find out this issue that it is uh, Dr. Well, not Doctor. His just his name is Starline, and he is the one that is 
the main character in the Sonic Bad Guys miniseries, and I talked about that first issue um, like a month ago or whatever. And so that kind of blends into this story. He's just trying to be a better villain than Eggman. And um, anyway, he lets off this big explosion that's going to destroy all the innocent people of white snow town. And he's like, what will it be, Sonic? Save your friends or the hundreds of ignorant innocents waiting in the chateau. And then, you know, next time, a race against the avalanche. So it was cool. It was standard Sonic fun. I liked it. I give it a an 8 out of 10. Nice. Okay, so Daredevil 25, and this is by Zadarsky and Chichetto. And so, yeah, this is just has some, like, Daredevil's in prison. Electra talks to him. I love Electra. You get, you know, Zadarsky writing her. And he does a great job with all this stuff. Like, yeah. And you have, uh, I'm just going to spoil it, Electra as Daredevil for a little bit. And that's pretty awesome. The costume looks great. I'm excited to see people, co- you know, see ladies cosplay as that because it looks so dang cool. And, yeah, I love this series. It's a 10. Yeah, I forgot to mention that I actually read that before I put it up on the shelf because I heard that there was this big thing that happened in it, right? And, man, it yeah. was cool. It it made me want to go back and read the series because I didn't really know much of what was going on except for the bit that you told me about. But, man, Electra looked awesome as Daredevil, and I loved that little mm-hmm. those couple pages leading up to that reveal where she's talking to that woman out in the street and how, you know, Matt gave yeah. her money from his own pocket and all that. I'm like, gosh, this is so well done. <laughs> I agree, man. Like, it's, I will say, though, it is the most annoying, obnoxious thing on the planet that people are selling this comic so much, for so much money before it came out. Like, that's, it is ridiculous. Yeah, and, and a funny thing about that real quick, one of, one of my customers who I will keep his identity secret uh annoys the heck out of me because he's always trying to like get the hottest book of the week so that he can flip it and he didn't ask me for a copy of it so he didn't get one this week so when he came in and asked about it and we didn't have any he was his his tune changed and he was like Oh, well, you know, I mean, she's not going to stay Daredevil forever. So it it's not a big deal that this book isn't isn't anything. And I'm just thinking, yeah, right, dude, because if you'd have gotten a copy, you'd be saying the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, honestly, though, it does seem like the type of thing where it's like you're better off selling if like I was going to sell it. I'd be better off selling it right now because I don't see the price staying crazy for a while oh no like what he said is correct she isn't gonna stay daredevil for very long it's just you're a hypocrite (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i'm glad that he didn't get a copy so anyway he's gonna listen to this and just be so right okay so king and black okay dude yeah we'll start with king and black so this is by uh old Donald Cates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to get the whole whole, whole group. Uh, Donald Cates and Ryan Stegman. 
And so, yeah, you have Venom, like, putting his kid up in a, you know, bunker, and they're, like, sitting there, you know, getting everything set up to, you know, hold off all of these symbiote, like, dragon things. And they need, you know, they they have all these superheroes that are going to come help and all that stuff. And they just get, they get just rocked like Noel completely beats them there's celestials that are have the symbiote wrapped around them and stuff and you know he comes out like it's very it makes me think of like anime and that type of stuff <laughs> you know and it's pretty goofy and then like Sentry shows up and I'm just gonna say stuff doesn't end well there like th- this was spoiled for spoiled for me on uh, Instagram oh man I hate but, that I mean it it I it bothers me but it's like at the same time, if you're reading this and this series and you're like, oh, man, Sentry's going to beat him at the very <laughs> beginning. If you think that, like if, if, like this whole big event that they've been building up to, it's just Sentry going like, huh, bye. And then the rest is like Sentry drinking coffee. The rest of the series, you're like, yeah, you, you'd just be wrong. See, so like you knew well, that wasn't no, I get that. But at the same time, what happened to him, I thought was awesome just because I, yeah. like, I didn't think Sentry would beat him. But I also didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. And I will say, like, one of the knocks on this is, like, I hate, like, first off, their plan is stupid because it's like, yeah, you're trying to get this big army set up. Tony Stark has, like, suits galore. He could easily make, you know, make them, like, robot powered or whatever and have them be fighting these things so that you don't have to waste your numbers. And, you know, they have, like, the little bomb set up. And that's, like, all their defense until they get to the Earth. Like, that was <laughs> stupid. And I don't like how Professor X is acting like he just acts like such a like such a turd and i don't know if that's how he just is now like with the hickman x-men stuff but i don't like him so i don't really know like i said i don't read x-men but yeah it's pretty neat i wonder how eddie's gonna get out of this and i will also say i don't like my main knock on this whole series is like do I need to read Venom 31 next or can I just wait until King and Black 2 to see what happens? Well, I can say this. I'll pick up the issue when I'm checking them all in and do a quick scan and then let you know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, because like on the checklist, this is it's like the beginning of the end and then it's like Atlantis attacks and the Union. I'm not going to read those. But then Venom 31, it's like 14, uh, 1,004. 454 feet a long way down and that's kind of a reference to how this one ends spoiler alert so it's like maybe like i don't think i don't think i need to read symbiote spider-man because that's usually you know takes place in you know back in time so i don't need to worry about that and then like i don't think uh, mortal hulk i'll have to read by will because i think that's gonna be pretty fun like my whole thing is like if if Donny Cates is writing it, it's probably essential and he's writing this and Venom. So like, (laughs) okay. Fair enough then. So yeah, I liked it. Like it's a perfectly fine, dumb event book. Like this is a lot better, a lot more fun than empire was. Yeah. But yeah, it's perfectly fine. I'd give it like a six. Like I, you know, like it, it gets a passing grade. (laughs) Yeah, I I would say seven for me. I I liked um, the Sentry stuff, and I liked 
this isn't a major spoiler, but obviously um, Eddie Brock thought that he was the one Noel was coming for, right? And then he said, oh, no, mm-hmm. you're not the, the Brock that I want. So it's like, oh, he wants his kid. Well, that, you know, that makes it even more exciting. So I thought that stuff yeah. was cool. So it gets a seven for me. So next is Justice League Endless Winter number one. And this is by, can I get the page open, by Andy Lanning and Ron Mars with Howard Porter on the art. What was, what was your opinion on this, man? I thought it was fun. Like, it's clearly a setup number one issue. Um, but before I get into what I like, let me talk about what I didn't like. And that was the Flash. Because holy yeah. crap, they write him like Wally. And it's not Wally. Mm-hmm. It's Barry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it just bugs me. It's like clearly they wanted Wally in this and they couldn't have him. So they just wrote Barry to be Wally. Drives me insane. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I didn't really like this very much. Uh yeah, like the the Barry, Barry's not well written, and then like the fact that it's all Superman's fault because he, you know, didn't pick up after himself was <laughs> stupid. And then, like, it's just I don't know. And then it kind of like you have like snow everywhere, and then uh, I don't know. It's just like this just. This just feels like to me they're they're like, hey, you know those really fun Snickers. Like, I have a feeling this is just gonna end with like them giving the Viking a Snickers. Like they have those like little advertisements mm-hmm. where it's always like, oh, you're not acting like yourself. Here's a Snickers bar, and then they eat that, and then they do whatever the heroes do, whatever they need to do to win. That's how this just reads to me. It just reads like a Snickers ad, <laughs> a really long <laughs> Snickers ad. Like I hope it gets better, but. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it or anything apart from the, the Flash stuff. Like, I get where you're coming from with the Superman thing, but I think that's, even if it's not well done, that's just their way to bring the Justice League characters into this. And it also gives a reason as to why um, the Frost King is as powerful as he is and why Superman and the Justice League couldn't just swoop in and take him down super easily. Like there has to be some reason why he's powerful enough. So, you know. Yeah. But like this, this Justice League is just so inept. Like first off, Superman doesn't, you know, pick up after himself causes this whole mess. And then like they fight those D listers at the very beginning. And then it ends with them finding a way to escape because the Justice League didn't, you know, get rid of all the dupes. Like, those are D-listers, guys. <laughs> it's not that hard to beat them all. All right. Well, Casey, Casey's wearing his curmudgeon pants today, and that's okay if he didn't like and, it. And then one other thing. This is the this is the dumbest thing to be annoyed with. But, like, Ron Mars must not know how electricity works because there's a part <laughs> where Black Lightning is messing with a Christmas tree. And he's like, and they're like, oh, they plug it in. And they're like, huh, nothing's happening. And so, like, Black Lightning's looking at the lights and he just zaps it. He's like, oh, there's a short. And he just zaps it. If the if they plug it in and nothing's happening, the problem, like, 
it doesn't matter that he just was able to zap this one light to get it all to work. Like, there's just no power coming to it. <laughs> well, I'll talk about the couple of things that I did like real quick. I think the Frost King looks cool. <laughs> okay. So, he does. He, he kind of looks like he would be the villain in, like, a Kiss comic, but... Gosh, he just he just came to hate today. Um, (laughs) I drank some haterade before I came here. Uh, The art's really good. I always always like Howard Porter's art and Hi-Fi's colors complement it really well. And then I'm interested in the backstory to Frost King. Obviously, it involves Swamp Thing, Black Adam, Hippolyta, and Viking Prince. And I, I just want to know what's going on with that and like what happened back in the day. So I'm hopeful for future issues because I think we're going to get a lot more of that and a lot less of the flash zooming around asking how everybody's such a good family person while they work. So, um, yeah, I'd give it like six and a half out of 10. I'd probably give it a four. All right. Next, we've got Thor number 10. This is written by Donnie Cates with art by Nick Klein. And it is the second part of the Donald Blake Prey storyline. What do you think of that, this one, man? Uh, it's kind of cool, but like, I don't like I, I don't buy the fact that he's got Thor powers. Like that doesn't make any like he's got like, you know, he's got the connection and all that stuff like that's. Ah, that's goofy. The fact that he's able to beat all these characters that he does is goofy. The fact that Thunderstrike has a cameo in it is the coolest thing. <laughs> uh, I'll be 100% honest. I miss that. Where is he? So, okay, there's two spots. He's actually on the cover briefly. And then oh, gosh, as he he's going dang. through the book and, he's, and as he ri- is ripping out things, there is Red Norwell or Norville and then the next one, Thunderstrike. Oh, gosh. Okay, I was just reading the, the dialogue. Yeah, and then I think that's the page that actually Donald is holding, like if they you know did that right. So we might see Thunderstrike in this arc, which would be wild. I hope it's not, you know, Masterson. I hope it's Master... Or hope it's not Eric. I hope it's his son, because I don't want them to bring Eric back. Yeah. Well, um... I do agree with what you're saying about him having all this power because he's not fused with Thor anymore. Therefore, there shouldn't be any lingering effect. And even though he has Thor's memories, memories should not give you the Odin Force. So mm-hmm. I do agree with you there. Well, is it, he still is fused with Thor. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But what doesn't like, but the whole point of this character though is he was supposed to be the human form. You know, he doesn't have power, so like it's just dumb that they're like, nah, he found him. Right. Yeah, I, I I guess my whole point was that that he has them. Like he he just mentions that he gets them from the memories of all the stuff happening to Thor. Um, oh, okay, I got you. But even though that's goofy, I'm I'm just appreciating, you know. The cool fight scenes. I like seeing these characters that uh, that I don't think Jason Aaron handled that well. 
um, in the last few years and seeing some of them come back. Um, and man, the art is just so good. Yeah. That's one thing I was going to say. The art is fantastic. And the one thing that I am a little bummed about, and it's on the last page, we get more Jane Foster. (laughs) I don't want any more Jane, Casey. I've had Jane for years. I I don't want her anymore. (laughs) This is Donnie Cates Jane, though. It's going to be different because he's building up old, you know, Donald Blake. And so he's going to he's going to have, you know, he's going to have him beat up Jane or get his butt kicked by Jane. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that'll really depend or my opinion will depend on what happens there, because if she just turns into Valkyrie and one shots. (laughs) <laughs> Donald, I'll be like, wait a second, this isn't written by Donny Cates, it's written by Jason Aaron. Yeah, this is it's Donny Cates with right. Jason Aaron. <laughs> so I, I I'm sure Donnie's gonna write her fine. It's just like, oh, I've had enough of that character. Like I I just want more of the rest of this stuff. <laughs> but overall, yeah. I still really liked it. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7. I liked it, too. It was good. All right. Last one, then, right? Yep. Got us. So, it is Batman 104 by James Tynan with Ryan Benjamin and Danny Miki and uh, Danny Miki, Bengal, and Gillian March on the art. And initial thoughts, man. Uh, I loved it, really. I did, too. I don't, like, my main thing that I didn't like is the jumping between art styles. It just didn't, it was kind of jarring in mm-hmm. parts, like, especially from the first, the first page, first two pages to the secondary stuff. It That jump was too drastic. When Nightwing's talking, he does the flashback. That art jump, I thought, was fine. It worked really well, but... Yeah, like, we learn more about Ghostmaker in this issue and him and Bruce's relationship. And then even there was even a Batman Inc. <laughs> you know, mention, which yeah. was cool. And, yeah, so, I mean, there's a little bit of stuff that, you know, Poison Ivy did. See, I really like that. Because she's been yeah, gone. And, really you know, smart. Harley's, like, begging her to, like, show up in some capacity. And she does help. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got some. You got Ghostmaker just trying to show Batman basically Clown Hunter is a, a turd, and that's basically you know that's basically the whole the whole thought process yeah. there. It's it's good. I liked this issue a lot. I thought it was pretty pretty great. What I liked a lot, and this will surprise nobody that's been listening. Um, I was really happy to see the Batgirls show up, and not and and yeah them to like be here in regular continuity and not just like a future state thing. You know what I mean? And like, I know we kind of got that that before, but I like that. Stephanie called themselves the Batgirls, and then Barbara's like, (laughs) yeah, she would, she call her Batgirl prime or something like that, which cracked me up. Yeah. Um, but she did have a better hairstyle in this than the, the concept art we got. (laughs) Yeah, that's <laughs> but it's cool. I, I think there's a really good balance between 
all the Bat Family characters that we're seeing in this, while still like the focus is still mm-hmm. Batman, obviously. So it's good. Harley's dialogue is great. You know, it's just everything about this is great. Yeah. What would you rate it, man? Oh, easy ten for me. Yeah, I'd give it a I'd give it a nine again. All right. Lots of good books this week, though. Mm-hmm. All right. So, instead of a uh, Fantastic Four, or no, sorry, instead of a, uh, and, a um, first appearance. Instead of doing this, we got to talk about what we're excited about. Oh, of course. I mean, what, you think I forgot? <laughs> Come on, man. You think I was uh, moving on to the next segment? <laughs> I mean, it, it sounded like it. Well... Maybe you weren't, though. I didn't mean to call yeah, you out. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will, I'll let you go first. Uh, crossover number two, I'm really pumped about. Like, crossover number one was amazing. So this one should be hopefully just as good. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, where is it? The DC's very merry multiverse one-shot. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about because Todd Knox going to be doing the art for one of the stories. So that's awesome. Then I'm going to say rise of Ultraman, even though I haven't been the hottest on this series, I'm like, I'm hoping to love at least one issue. <laughs> so this is the one I'm hoping I'm going to love. Okay. Um, I will say Batman black and white. Been looking forward to that. Um, I will combine Flash and Superman because it's all Endless Winter stuff and I, I'm hoping that that picks up. And then definitely Norse Mythology number three because I've, I've loved that the first two issues a lot and I want to read more Norse Mythology. So. Nice. All right. So as I was saying... Instead of doing a guess that first appearance this week, we've actually had a fan question come in uh, through our email. So, pulling that up right quick. That's it is exciting. exciting. And this is from uh, from our listener, Allie. And she said, here's the question, guys. What is your favorite thing about your girlfriends? So, Allie, thank you for the question. Um, I, I told my girlfriend that the answer wouldn't be her butt, even though I think that's the funniest one, but, uh, but no, my girlfriend is great. She's very supportive of everything I do from, you know, my career choice down to a podcast that I do with my best buddy, Casey, uh, anything I, you know, I could tell her anything and, and she would be supportive of it. And, uh, and obviously, I feel the same way about her. So that's my answer. She's very supportive, and I love her for it. Casey, I will now extend to you. I mean, as far as PG things that I can say, I'll say humor. Uh, we're like, like I was with her this weekend, or not weekend, the Thursday and Friday. <clears throat> and we were just in bed, just cackling like idiots because... She like lightly slapped me on the head and I started being like, oh, no, I'm bleeding. Give me a bandage. And then it was just it just boiled down to us like just then 
both like couldn't breathe laughing because of how stupid we both are. (laughs) So that's, that's the big thing is this, fact that we're both kind of childish and humor you know, <laughs> similar sure. humor excellent well hey thanks again ali for the question we appreciate it yeah and uh if anyone else has one obviously it can be about anything we are uh we have no shame <laughs> we'll talk about anything so <laughs> <laughs> all right casey what is the fantastic four this week well, I've been watching a lot of My Hero Academia. Love that series so much. And I've been watching the dub and getting just kind of all re-caught up. And as I was watching it, I was watching the, uh, like, I'm not going to say who it is because you're going to ask me who my choices are. But one of the characters was like made me go like, huh, if this person was in the DC universe, that would make for some wild, wild, wild stories. So I was just, then got the thing like, what are like four anime characters that you would want to see in the DC or Marvel universe? Sure. I, I love that question. It's funny you say my hero academia because the, the first one that comes to mind is all might from my hero. Um, you know, he, he kind of has that Superman vibe or like that, that captain America vibe. And I, I think he, he would fit in any comic book. Um, yeah. Then I'm going to go with Atomic Samurai from One Punch Man. Just because, like, you know, I've, I've been reading Swordmaster and some of the other, like, uh, Agents of Atlas characters. And I think he'd be a cool fit in something like that. And then I'm going to say Vash the Stampede from Trigun. Because Vash is a total goofball, but when it comes down to it, like, you know, he kicks butt and has really cool action scenes while being hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say, for to have a lady answer as well, I will say Urza Scarlet from Fairy Tale, um, because she's very kind of Wonder Woman esque, if you will, and everyone's like afraid of her because they know she could kick their butt. And uh, and she's awesome. So uh, I will now ask you the same, just like you knew I would. <laughs> so I'm going to save my my favorite for last. But the first one, like when I was thinking about like who else I would want, like Master Roshi came to mind because it's like <laughs> anyone from Dragon Ball Z wouldn't really work because they would just train harder and then they win. Like that's how it always <laughs> works in that show. But with like Master Roshi, like how cool would it be if like, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman all like got their butts kicked by Darkseid or something like big time. And they go, they find out that there's this, you know, hermit that knows like this special type of Kung Fu that would, that all three of them could benefit from that would make them all stronger. They do that. They get stronger and they beat Darkseid, you know, like basically very Dragon Ball Z style. That'd be awesome. Like, and you wouldn't need him to, you know, just be like, oh, well, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to beat up Superman now, like like Goku would. <laughs> and, you know, so they'd that, only have to do it in exchange for Wonder Woman's underwear, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, Wonder Woman's interaction with Roshi would be Absolutely. the best. <laughs> and then staying on Dragon Ball, the, another thing would be, like, just the Dragon Balls themselves and Shenron. Because, like, 
that's that would just be like if, if you put that in Marvel, think about all the characters they could kill <laughs> and just bring right back. And then you'd also have the added thing of being like, oh, we killed off Red Skull, but Red Skull's daughter is going to you know, get the Dragon Balls and she's going to bring Red Skull back. <laughs> like it, it's it's perfect. It, it writes itself. You don't have to just, you know, have some convoluted way. It's like, no, it's just magic. Right. <laughs> and then honestly, I couldn't think of a fourth one. So I'm just going to skip to the, the finale and one for all. He is the villain, like, you know, one of the main villains in my hero. His power is he can take other uh, heroes power, you know, heroes power. So like if there was a Superman story where like, you know, different, like you could even go like sea level villains are just like go missing for like a day. And then they, they show up in the middle of the street. They don't have any of their powers. They don't know what the heck's going on. And that happens like multiple times. And it like builds up to this new character who has like stockpiled all these different powers just to take down Superman. Like that would be awesome. And it would work so well. It would. I would love that. Who, who would you want to write that? But yeah, that, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I think Morrison would be perfect because he already like he wouldn't have to do research on or I'm sorry, they wouldn't have to do research to find the best, you know, like weird character, like D list characters, because that's all already in their yeah. head. You know, like he's like they, they are just an encyclopedia. Same with like Mark Wade would also be a good one. And then, like, I'm trying to think, like, like oh, you know who I would love to just have write Superman sometime? But it's probably never going to happen. Brian K. Vaughn. Because I love Brian K. Vaughn so much. And I think he would be amazing. And that story would work really well for him. Oh, absolutely. I'd, I totally agree with that. All right. So the last thing we have is going to be a Would You Rather. So... This is going to be a little bit different. This is going to be, isn't going to be power related, but still going to be comic book related. So you've always wanted to be a comic book writer. So would you rather have basically the story that you want published, published, or you're writing comics forever, but it's like with, for characters that you don't like. Like you're like stuck on a vibe book for the rest of your life. <laughs> so basically you're asking for my dream story to be published versus the stability of having a job forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. I, I mean, do I get full creative control over my dream story? Yeah, you do on that one. The other one's going to be heavily like heavy editorial on the others. So it's like, you know, it, I don't know, like, there's going to be a Jane Foster vibe crossover <laughs> every once in a while. Um, they're going to do like, that's going to be the only, like when they do the next DC versus Marvel, that's the only story you're allowed to oh, write. Great. <laughs> um, okay. And on the dream story, do I get to pick my artist? Like, or, or are they going to give me an artist that I don't care for? No, you get, you, you get the cream of the crop of the artist that you okay. want. Oh man, I, w I would sacrifice the stability of my dream job just to get out my one true dream story in the manner that I would want it to be in. Right on, man. That's, 
that's the I would say the correct choice no matter you know I mean it's like it's like unless I'm like oh yeah but the reason why that you only have that one story is because you get hit by a car <laughs> after the last one comes out like what no <laughs> yeah that's a good one though and while I answered it quickly it is a tough choice because stability does go a long way nowadays <laughs> yeah all right well, that brings us to the closing plugs. If you haven't yet, please give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on the gram at two worlds pod. And if you're like Allie and have a question that you're dying to ask us, feel free to email us at two podcast at gmail.com. And finally, and we're absolutely begging you guys. Like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. And I'm going to also add, we dropped a new, like a secondary podcast on, what was yeah. it, Friday? On Friday, it's a Mountainhead review for the whole series. Uh, go listen to it because, I mean, we caught it early. You got to be nice to the people that do nice things for us. So go listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. like retweet that one out as much as possible. Give that one like five or six listens because it's short. So, you know, make it equal a normal podcast <laughs> for us, you know, like hour wise. So, you know, just do that stuff. But yeah, we'd love to say in chat, but we got to get ready for Christmas. Bye. Bye